The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. The union representing Ford factory workers in Canada has secured double-digit wage increases and improved pensions in a labor agreement with the automaker. Last Friday in the U.S., the United Auto Workers got key concessions from Ford and said that it would spare the company more pain at U.S. factories. In the meantime, the UAW is expanding its strike against rivals GM and Stellantis. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was optimistic. He said both the UAW and the big three automakers can both emerge as winners in the dispute. Here's Buttigieg speaking on ABC's This Week. If a whole new way of making cars is going to be the way of the world and the way of the automotive sector, then workers ought to be able to benefit from that and thrive on that, just like the last generations of workers did. And and there is a win-win future to be had. Secretary Buttigieg there on ABC's This Week, heard right here on Bloomberg Radio. The union maintains the companies can afford to meet demands for raises of as much as 40 percent. President Biden will be traveling to Michigan on Tuesday to support the striking UAW members. In Hollywood, the big studios and screenwriters are close to resolving a dispute over a contract renewal. Now, these two sides met again today after failing to reach any type of deal on Saturday. We are told the studios have agreed to certain staffing levels of writers for certain TV shows. The figure will increase the number of episodes in each season. Now, at the same time, the two sides have created a structure for writers to receive bonuses for popular shows on streaming services. How However, still no agreement on the use of artificial intelligence in screenplay writing. These two sides have met for five consecutive days in hope of resolving a strike that began at the beginning of May. Brian. Well, the EU's top trade negotiator says the European Union has a very imbalanced uh, trade relationship with China. However, the European Commissioner for Trade, Valdis Dombrovskis, says the bloc is not looking to disengage with China. He speaks here uh, from the Bund Summit in Shanghai. Broadening access uh, to China's market for foreign companies and maintaining a stable business environment is necessary to ensure fair and mutually beneficial trade relationships. Uh, Our long-term interest is to embrace reforms and stay open to international cooperation. Here we see China as an important partner. European Commissioner for Trade, Valdis Dombrovskis. He's currently in China for a three-day trip and expected uh, is expected to meet with Chinese Vice Premier He Lifeng in Beijing later today. This as the EU says it's trying to strike a new balance in its strategy toward China, seeking to de-risk and reduce its dependency on the Asian nation. We go to Apple next. The company will reportedly scale up its production in India by more than five-fold over the next five years. The story from Bloomberg Joanne Wong in Hong Kong. 
Apple surpassed seven billion dollars of production in the country in the last financial year. It's now aiming for 40 billion, according to the Press Trust of India, citing government officials. The report said Apple also has plans to start making AirPods in India next year. That's after shifting its iPhone 15 production to the country. Meanwhile, India is also looking to expand its overall electronics industry to 300 billion dollars by 2026. That's on the back of increased smartphone production and a global push to. To risk China supply chains in Hong Kong, I'm joined Wang Bloomberg Radio. Meantime, Chinese developer Evergrande says it is unable to meet qualifications to issue new notes. Bloomberg's Bonnie Ao has the story from Hong Kong. The qualifications are under a proposed restructuring of its offshore debts. Evergrande made the comment in a filing to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. The news comes after Evergrande cancelled key creditor meetings set for today and tomorrow. It said sales have not been as expected and that it must reassess its proposed restructuring. Evergrande is under pressure to finalize a blueprint for its offshore debt restructuring. It is grappling with an even bigger pile of total liabilities, amounting to $327 billion. It also faces a possible winding-up petition at a Hong Kong court hearing on October 30th. That could potentially force Evergrande into liquidation. In Hong Kong, I'm Bonnie Ao, Bloomberg Radio. So we start off the week、uh, with an uneven outlook, a little bit more positive in the Hong Kong and China markets,、uh, despite a couple of these stories that we mentioned. A little bit weaker on Wall Street.、Uh, Doug, we had the former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers telling Bloomberg that the Fed is too optimistic. I would suggest that the market is not particularly optimistic now after hearing the Fed's message, and it's getting reflected in an area that might make some investors feel uncomfortable: the industrial sector, small caps trading. Down pretty sharply here over the past six weeks. The Russell 2000 down 11 percent. The、uh, industrials off six percent. You tend to see that when the economy is in or heading toward recession. And this mantra of higher for longer is also putting a lot of pressure on consumer discretionary stocks. Brian, two of the largest members of the S and P consumer discretionary group, Amazon and Tesla, and together they are responsible for nearly two thirds of the decline that we saw last week in the. S&P 500 consumer discretionary group negative 6.4 percent. So maybe what we're seeing is a little bit of the enthusiasm around artificial intelligence. If that was even connected to this story, that seems to be fading, and economic reality seems to be setting in. Yeah, you see the Dow Jones Industrial Average only up two percent year to date. The S&P 500 12 percent. That would still be considered a good year. But it's certainly not the over exuberance that we were feeling、uh, in the first half of the year. So, what happens from now to the end of the year? Well, that's why we have great guests on the program、uh, to get to the bottom of it. Now it's time for global news. A new presidential performance poll released today paints a very dire approval picture for Joe Biden. Let's get to Ed Baxter in San Francisco. He's covering that and the rest of the global news. Ed, yeah, that's right, Brian. And it's、uh, regarding the economy. Overall, people polled are blaming President Biden for the country's economic ills. ABC Washington Post poll shows 30 percent of those approve of the president's performance on the economy. 64 percent. Disapprove. Bloomberg's Mark Naquet says an interesting perception dichotomy. There's kind of a disconnect between、uh, the, the progress the the Fed in particular feels it's making on core inflation,、uh, moderating the prices、uh, for for goods that it follows,、uh, and what consumers are experiencing on the ground. They're still seeing the price for、uh, eggs and, and gasoline and, and utilities in particular going up. 
um, and they're just they're just not seeing the the moderation in the data in their daily lives. Yeah, and Mark is in Michigan, uh, where the president will be uh, on Tuesday. And Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg on ABC has heard on Bloomberg says the administration, well, its economy record is good. More than 13 million jobs created. That's more than any presidential term in American history. And yes, it takes a while for people to feel the full benefits of those results, just like it's going to take a while to build all of the infrastructure that we're now underway on. And another poll released by NBC shows Donald Trump's lead among Republicans now is at 68 percent. Immigration at the U.S. southern border getting a lot of attention today, and Border Patrol James O. Jason Owens on ABC is heard here on Bloomberg says law enforcement is an almost impossible job right now. We see a lot of uh, a lot of folks say just push people back, just uh, don't let them cross or, or send them back immediately. The U.S. Border Patrol is a law enforcement agency. We enforce the laws that are on the books. We don't have the right, nor should we, of denying somebody due process once they are on American soil. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, New York Mayor Eric Adams has reiterated over the weekend that the migration problem could ruin New York City. China's PLA is urging Chinese military personnel to be careful about with whom they associate, saying socializing with the wrong people is a key reason some leaders have been removed from their positions, saying cadres should purify their social circle. Tropical storm Ophelia has and is drenching the central to upper portions of the U.S. East Coast. In Bellhaven, North Carolina, Mayor Adam O'Neill says major job is in front of them. I think we probably got a four or five foot surge at least. And we didn't expect that much. Yeah, and uh, New Jersey, New York, New England brace for some heavy rain and wind. And Usher, Usher has uh, posted now that he is going to be the Super Bowl halftime entertainment. So, yeah. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Vonnie Quinn in New York. And Carol Schleif joins us, CIO of BMO Family Office. Carol, we've just been talking about some troubling signs in the economy, and it probably has more investors really balancing out the risks, uh, inflation risks on the one side and recession risks on the other. Uh, what, what is your base case? I think our base case for a very long time has been that the Fed was going to be able to pull off a soft landing. And then when the rest of the world, because we've been there since last year, and when the rest of the world sort of jumped on that case, we started pointing out, as you alluded to, that the risks are actually increasing here, at least in the near term. We think there's a pretty evenly balanced set of factors in the economy, both headwinds and tailwinds, but in the very short term, especially this next week, 
there's a lot leaning on the on the riskier side of of the balance sheet because you've got the the dual strikes that are going on. You've got the potential government shutdown. We're a week and a half or two before we get to start leaning into earnings and the news that they'll give us and the whole concept of a government shutdown. There's just a lot for investors to fret about in the short run. And Mm. if we do shut the government down, we don't get the data that the Fed needs to be data dependent. And that Mm. that makes investors nervous because we all know how much investors hate Mm. a vacuum. Well, that's true. Hadn't thought of that, actually. Is November 1st (laughs) more likely than December 13th for another rate hike, assuming, as you do, that we are going to get one? We don't necessarily think that we'll get another rate hike. We don't think the Fed should need to. And you've got enough softening in the economy. You've got enough worry out there. And especially, it'll be really important to see how the consumer numbers come in. We also have two big, important retailers and or in consumer companies in Nike and Costco reporting this week. But you're going to want to see how the holiday selling season goes when you have the resumption of student loans coming in the next month or, well, actually in the next week, um, starting in October. That's going to have a, 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 a moderating impact on the economy. And so hopefully the Fed has the ability to be data dependent and just watch. And I think what got the markets really concerned last week is that finally they heard not just the higher for longer, but the higher for potentially a lot longer. Yeah. We, we understand uh, that they're data dependent, but it depends on the data. Uh, I've seen some uh, calls here of late to focus, to go back to focusing on headline, not just core, because we'll probably get some good readings on core this week. But the headline um, lifted by energy prices, uh, you know, is affecting a lot of people. So one, uh, do you think that they will start that readjustment? And secondly, I'm really curious about whether or not the Fed would feel confident bringing rates down if the economy stays strong, but if inflation does drop? Um, Addressing the second point first, it's an interesting conundrum. I think a piece of it, honestly, the Fed's also trying to balance off not letting, not wanting to let markets get too exuberant in terms of confident that, oh, you know, the markets have been fighting the Fed for the last 12 to 18 months. Every time the Fed has said, we're going to keep rates higher for longer, the market has started discounting and pricing in cuts sooner. And I think that was one of the things that was surprising last week was, you know, the Fed governors all and presidents all saying, no, cuts are pushed out a year or so. So being comfortable cutting, I'm not sure the Fed is going to want to cut as much as just sit tight Mm. for a long time. But as far as the headline, you know, the important thing is, is consumers and consumer attitude and voter attitudes are very much attuned to the, the gas at their local station. You're driving by it every day. You're seeing it. It's up front and center. It's I've never quite understood why people took out food and energy because we all eat and we all heat and it, it's just such an impact at the margin to consumers. And so you're putting all of this additional weight. But the other thing is, is the longer that oil prices stay high, mm-hmm. the more likelihood they do have to creep back into the core prices because they are going to impact the, the production cost of a lot of things. And so, Carl, we're out of time, but you basically said the next earnings season is not going to be pretty for all of the reasons you enumerated, right? 
Well, I actually think we'll get a lot of good information. I think we'll be. I think it'll be supportive to the markets because I think we'll see a lot more strength coming out of these core companies because businesses have proven very resilient. They've rearranged their workforces. They've rearranged their costs. They've really done a great job at handling this post-pandemic, well, the pandemic and the post-pandemic environment. So hmm. hopefully we get more support for the markets out of the earnings. Yeah. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.